Rust and ruin, those are a lot of metals. Hey there, and welcome back to the World Hopper's Guide to the Cosmere. I'm your host, Arian, and uh, this week we're going to try to figure out what in the name of the Lord Ruler is going on with the uh, the metallic arts of Mistborn, which include uh, Allomancy and Farukami. We are going to leave uh, Hemalurgy for another day, because that is just a whole different can of worms. But yeah, this is going to be kind of a long haul, so strap in, folks. This episode will include spoilers for all of Mistborn Era 1, and then later uh, Mistborn Era 2. So yeah, see you on the other side. Alright, so I am going to go out on a limb here and say uh, that I think Mistborn is pretty cool. <laughs> Often considered one of uh, Sanderson's best entry-level uh, series to kind of get you the gateway into the Cosmere, and the only one that is complete relative to Elantris or Warbreaker, Mistborn is often lauded for its simultaneously super complex and perfectly logical magic system, as logical as magic can get. But thanks to the two shards on Scadrial, the planet of Mistborn, Three distinct magic systems have developed. Allomancy, the power of the Mistborn, where you eat metals to gain powers. Hemalurgy, where spiking someone with a special metal can steal their powers. And Farukami, where attributes can be stored into pieces of metal for later tapping. Allomancy is end-positive because the user gains something thanks to the shard preservation providing the investiture, while Hemalurgy is end-negative, stealing investiture and losing some in the process. Uh, Farukami is end neutral. You get out what you put in. Notably, all three of these magic systems can be used regardless of location, and Allomancer on Roshar can burn Roshar and Steel to push metals just as well as she would on Scadrial. Both Allomancy and Farukami are unlike many of the other magics in the Cosmere, in that they are genetic. Whereas a Surgebinder needs to bond a Spren, or an Elantrian needs to undergo the Shaod, the capacity to use Allomancy and Farukami is encoded somewhere in the genes of the person, to an extent, their spiritual DNA, which can kind of be best described as, I mean, it's, it's kind of in the, in the terminology there, is the spiritual DNA that is passed on genetically through a generation. Uh, each person in the Cosmere has what is known as a spirit web, which is sort of a, a representation of the soul that can crack in certain places through trauma and pain. And investiture can seep into fill the cracks and allow the user to use magic. But as far as Allomancy and Farukami go, if you're not born with it, or you don't eat the special Mistborn making metal, or take the power of the shard itself, you are out of luck. So let's dig into the powers while we're here, since that's kind of something that's hard to keep track of. There's a lot of metals, 16 plus some to be exact, but uh, so yeah, this will be a little tricky over audio, but hey, just let it wash over you as my slightly nasal voice kind of gets the information deep into your brain. So, 16 metals, plus the god metals Adium and Laragium, 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 whatever, which are special cases, but the 16 can be broken down into two groups. The quote-unquote basic metals include iron, steel, tin, pewter, zinc, brass, copper, and bronze, the kinds of metals that we're pretty used to in uh, the normal world. The powers associated with these metals in both systems tend to be of the physical or cognitive variety. The higher metals are the rarer ones that do weirder things, and those would include aluminum, duralumin, chromium, nicrosyl, gold, electrum, cadmium, and bendalloy. The effects of these metals can best be described as spiritual, temporal, hybrid, uh, it's a little more heady, let's say. 
when it comes to allomancy, these four groups, physical, cognitive, spiritual, temporal, can actually be split even more into two sets of alloys, those that are external and work outside the Mistborn, and the internal ones that affect the user. There's also some discussion of, of one metal in a pair being a push and another being a pull, but that's a little more abstract and I think it's a little less useful to talk about. But anyway, so, the eight basic metals. Let's break this down into chunks. The first four are the physical metals. Iron, steel, tin, pewter. Two sets of alloys, commonly used in the Mistborn books. You can kind of imagine these metals as the four that are in your pots and pans. Iron allomancy pulls on nearby metals, and the users are often called lurchers. The physics of the magic means that momentum is conserved. The object that gets pulled is the one with the lower mass, so pulling can either bring something towards you, or bring you towards it. Steel allomancy, meanwhile, pushes on nearby metals, with users called coin shots. Steel is Waxillium Ladrian's allomantic power, and uh, both of these would be considered external physical metals, and they're alloys of each other. They're the main selling points of Mistborn, especially in the earlier era, the, the very visual, visceral power set, and they allow the user to do all sorts of crazy physics-based manipulations like flight and coin shooting and all the cool Mistborn stuff. Tin allomancy, used by tin eyes, enhances the physical senses, like sight and hearing and physical sensation. Pewter allomancers, meanwhile, are called thugs, and their metal increases their physical ability and strength. Fairly straightforward, these are the internal physical metals, and also bread and butter of the Mistborn's arsenal. Moving on to the cognitive metals, another set of four. Zinc, brass, copper, bronze. Zinc is the metal of the rioter, an external cognitive power that allows the user to inflame the emotions of others. Its opposite is brass, which can soothe or dampen emotions. Breeze from Mistborn Era 1 is a good example of a soother. Copper, meanwhile, is used by smokers to hide the use of nearby allomancy, while bronze allows seekers to hear the pulses. These are described as the internal cognitive metals because they are centered around the user. So, does this make sense so far? These are the eight common metals used by most people in Mistborn Era 1. However, the discovery of more metals after the first Mistborn Era gets into some weirder stuff. Let's take a look at the spiritual, or enhancement, metals. It's still two pairs of alloys, but they've got funnier names. Aluminum, Duralumin, Chromium, and Nicrosil. Aluminum is the most common metal of the four. It's the internal pulling metal that removes most of the user's allomantic reserves. We see this happen to Vin in the first Mistborn book to wipe her of everything she's got. Duralumin does the exact opposite, providing the user with a burst of power when combined with burning another metal. Both of these types of allomancers are called gnats. Chromium and Nicrosil affect the allomantic reserves of the target and are thus external. Chromium wipes, Nicrosil bursts. These are called leechers and Nicrobursts respectively. We haven't seen them used all that much, but we can imagine leechers being a little more useful than uh, forcing someone to burn aluminum themselves. And Nicrobursts, of course, are the ultimate hype men. And then there are the temporal metals. Gold, Electrum, Cadmium, and Bendalloy. Gold allows the user to see into their own past, with users known as augurs. We see Miles' hundred lives use this power briefly in Alloy of Law, but gold's ferrochemical power is a lot more useful, so it's the one that we will talk about a little bit more. Uh, Electrum is an alloy of gold and silver that allows the user to see into their own future. These oracles can somewhat counter the effects of Atium, which we'll talk about, uh, and can briefly see shadows of themselves a few seconds ahead of time. Less useful than seeing shadows of other people, but, you know, you'll take what you can get. Cadmium pulsers slow down time in a bubble around them, while Bendeloy sliders speed up time in that same bubble of space. Marasi and Wayne from the second Mistborn era have each power respectively, with Marasi being able to capture Miles' hundred lives thanks to slowing down time next to him, 
While Wayne's ability to strategize and change disguises makes Bendeloy a very powerful, very interesting power that allows for a lot of one-liners. So that's 16, but uh, then there are these special cases, the God Medals. Atium, the Body of Ruin, and its alloy Melatium, Melatium, as well as Laratium, and the newly discovered Harmonium. Atium, of course, is the incredibly powerful combat metal that allows the Alamancer to see into the future of other people, predicting their movements, while Melatium, aka the 11th metal, allows them to see into someone else's past, a little less useful. Laratium grants full Mistborn powers. This is what happens to Elan Venture at the end of Well of Ascension, and another bead is taken by Hoyt and Eaton in Mistborn Secret History. The god medals work kind of outside the internal, external, physical, cognitive, etc. constraints of the original 16, because they are concentrated pieces of the shards themselves, they aren't metals that actually exist in our world. There is also Et Metal, or Harmonium, which has appeared after Seized ascended to become Harmony, but we don't really know much about it. It's used in the Bands of Mourning by the Southern Scadrians to replicate nearby Alamantic powers. That all makes some sense? Iron, steel, tin, pewter, zinc, brass, copper, bronze, aluminum, and chromium, microcell, gold, electrum, cadmium, bendeloy, oh my. Let's move on. All of Alamancy essentially draws from the power of preservation itself, which is why it's described as end positive. If you look at just the planet itself as a system, burning a metal increases the net investiture within that system. Investiture can't be created or destroyed, though, just like energy and matter. But the shard is so far outside the realm of the system that we're talking about that it appears end-positive from the system's point of view. Meanwhile, Farukami is balanced. You get out whatever attribute you put in. Let's just take a gander at the ferrochemical effects of metals just for the sake of completion. Uh, the metals are the same, but the powers are slightly different. They don't follow the same careful notation that the Alimantic powers do, the very neat breakdown, but they still kind of have the four groups, physical, cognitive, spiritual, and hybrid. The hybrid effects are physical to an extent, but slightly weird. They store effects like breath and energy, and we'll talk about it in a hot sec. So, let's just look at the physical metals themselves. Iron stores physical weight. This is Waxillium Ladrian's ferrochemical power. Steel stores physical speed. Tin stores senses, much like Alimantic tin enhances it, while pewter stores strength, like you'd expect. Seized famously uses ferrochemical pewter to beef up in the big fight at the end of the Well of Ascension, and Wax often uses his weight manipulation for all sorts of creative physics when combined with steel alamancy. Boom. Physical. Done. Moving on. Zinc. The first of the cognitive metals stores mental speed, and brass is where it gets weird. It stores warmth, which is not really an effect you would expect to be cognitive. That's because this was actually a mistake written during the Well of Ascension. Somebody used brass to store warmth, and that just Brandon kind of had to roll with it. Uh, this really fits as more of a hybrid power than a cognitive one, and when we get to Electrum, we'll see that the power should probably be switched. But Brandon decided to roll with it because it's magic, and, well, all of this is that we're talking about is an external framework that humans put onto the magic to understand it, so it can break rules. Copper stores memories, hence the copper mine that Seized uses to store much of the past and ultimately save the world, while bronze stores wakefulness. This is notable as the only ferrochemical power that can be stored when you're sleeping, so it's kind of broken. We're going to switch up the order and talk about the hybrid metals first this time, gold, electrum, cadmium, and bendeloy, because they're a little less interesting than the spiritual metals when it comes to ferrochemy. Gold stores health an ability used by Miles Hundred Lives and Wayne in the Wax and Wayne books. This power works very similar to the Surge of Progression in the Stormlight Archive, allowing the physical form to heal up, 
what's going on here is basically uh, there's there's a very good explanation by Nohadon in the in Oathbringer about the difference between the physical, cognitive, and spiritual self. He essentially says that the physical self is who you are, the cognitive self is who you see yourself to be, and the spiritual self is who your idealized self truly is. So, what Gold Allomancy is doing, what the Surge of Progression is doing, is healing the body to match the spiritual ideal. Electrum, meanwhile, stores determination, which would make more sense with brass, a cognitive metal, while warmth would slot in pretty well here. However, it is canon this way, so we're just gonna roll with it. Moving on, cadmium stores breath, like the ability to breathe, not the magic system, while bendalloy, its alloy, stores energy, like nutrition and calories. We haven't seen a whole lot of these effects in the Mistborn books, but they obviously have ramifications like the ability to breathe underwater for extended periods of time or to survive starvation. Uh, hopefully we'll see more of it in the Lost Metal or in the later Mistborn eras, but we will just have to see. So, but moving on, the spiritual metals are where things start to get a little crazy and really, really interesting to talk about. Aluminum is the first of the spiritual metals and it stores identity. This allows for all kinds of Cosmere hacking weirdness, where someone can fill a metal mine with their own identity, then fill another metal mine with another fair chemical power. This metal mine, uh, described as unkeyed, can then be used by any other Ferrucumist. You still have to have the ability to use it, but it is not keyed to any one particular person. Identity in the Cosmere is an interesting topic. It is tied a lot with who can use what magic. Stealing someone's identity with hemallergy, for example, would allow you to use their metal mines. Losing identity also makes it easier for other magic systems in the Cosmere, like soul casting or forgery, to change a person. So it obviously has a lot to do with the cognitive self of someone being sort of lost or gained. Honestly, we can do a whole episode on identity and all sorts of other abstract concepts here because it interacts with so much of Cosmere magic, but we're going to leave it there for now. It ties in pretty heavily with Duralumen's ability to store connection. This allows for the ability to speak to others and to form relationships, or, if you want to store it, become less trusted by the people around you. We see a lot of identity and connection magic manifested in the metal mines of the Southern Scadrians. The medallions that they use are unsealed, which is a special kind of unkeyed metal mine that allows anyone, even non-Ferrucumists, to access the power. We are going to talk about unkeyed metal mines in a hot sec, but yeah. Uh, another example of a lot of connection would be Dalinar Colon using connection in Oathbringer to learn the other languages of Roshar before he speaks to the other leader. Chromium stores ferrochemical fortune, literally luck. We don't know anyone who specifically uses this power, but something very similar is tied to Hoyd's ability to show up wherever he needs to be. We know from Oathbringer that he often knows where to go, but not necessarily what he's supposed to do there until he actually figures it out. That's because some degree of fortune is telling him to go to the right place. This explains his presence at many of the Cosmere's turning points, as well as several off-screen occasions where he's shown up somewhere, waited for something to happen, and then left because nothing did. Nicrosil, Chromium's alloy, stores investiture, and this is the key element in the unsealed metal mind, which are exemplified in the Southern Scadrian medallions and in the Bands of Mourning. Nicrosil has the unique ability to let other metals get entwined into one object and allows the user to activate any of these metals. The most powerful example, obviously the Bands of Mourning, is a technology given to the Southern Scadrians by the Sovereign. We're going to stay spoiler-free, just in case somebody hasn't read the very last chapter of Bands of Mourning, or any of Secret History, but the, f the fact that the Sovereign has developed all these various new powers, and appears to be back on the physical realm, suggests that he's been busy uncovering secrets over the last few centuries. 
a pure Nikerso mine could potentially also store a bunch of other Cosmere powers. A Twinborn or a full Farukamist could use a Nikerso mine to store their very ability to use their Alimantic or Ferrochemical power, or they could store Breath from Warbreaker or potentially the ability to use Stormlight and the Surges of Roshar. And finally, real quick, Atium, it's the only god metal whose Ferrochemical power we've seen in action. It stores age, and it's what the Lord Ruler was using to maintain his immortality. More on that in a little bit. So, who? we've talked about a whole lot of metals multiple times now. It's amazing that Sanderson has managed to keep even that much straight. But uh, what happens when we start combining them? To do that, we need to talk about a couple more abstract concepts. Compounding, Twinborn, and Resonances. So the genetics of Alamancy and Ferukami are interesting. For each magic system, you either have one, or you get them all. There's the One Metal Misting and the All Metal Mistborn, but nothing in between. As the gene pool opens up considerably after the fall of the Final Empire, the genes for both magic systems grow more diverse. Allomancy is no longer restricted to the nobles, and Ferukami isn't restricted to the Terrace Keepers. This not only spreads out the genes for both magics, making Full Mistborn and Ferukamists practically extinct, but also leads to a mixing of the two types. As a result, by Mistborn Era 2, we've arrived at Twinborns, individuals with a heritage that allows both one Alimantic and one Ferrochemical power. Wax, Wayne, and Miles' Hundred Lives are the most prominent examples, and just their powers alone lead to fascinating combinations. Wayne's ability to heal and create time bubbles, or Wax's combination of weight manipulation and steel pushing, are creative enough without really talking about anything else. But, as is so often the case with the Cosmere, there is something else going on. There's a unique magical occurrence in the Cosmere known as the Resonance, something of a bonus when two powers are combined in a single person. We see some resonances in the Stormlight Archive, where each type of Surge Binder has two of the Surges, and in Twinborn. This extra power is often unpredictable. For Wax, it comes in the form of his Steel Bubble, which he can use to selectively push away enemy bullets while keeping his friends inside. For, in Stormlight, Windrunners like Kaladin, it has the ability to have a whole troop of Squires, or for a Lightweaver like Shallan, the ability to capture memories and draw them with very specific detail. Resonance is kind of like when two waves, light, sound, water, take your pick, come together to form constructive interference and actually bolster each other up instead of canceling out. Full Mistborn and Ferrukamists don't actually get this power, because having more than two or maybe three powers basically cancels out all the resonance and you get that destructive interference instead. We don't know yet what Wayne's resonance is, or, or actually Miles' resonance for that matter, but it's definitely something to watch out for, it's just another level of uniqueness added to the power set. On the topic of Twinborn, though, there's another tricky concept to consider. Wax and Wayne are typical Twinborns with one Alimantic metal and another fair chemical metal. Wayne's fair chemical metal is gold. In fact, that's also the case for Miles' hundred lives. But Miles is doing something very different in the Alloy of Law. Because his Alimantic metal is also gold, Miles can engage in something called compounding, a, a concept that is very, very confusing. <laughs> but let's break it down. Compounding is a strange hack that's unique to individuals with the ability to ferrochemically store and alimantically burn the same metal. Essentially, the practice involves storing an attribute in your ferrochemical metal, then using the end-positive ability of alimancy to burn the metal and gain an amplified boost of whatever you put in. If you then store this in another metal mind, you can do the same thing again and basically get exponential growth of your ferrochemical attribute. But how can you get more than you put in, you might ask? Where does the extra ferrochemy come from? Well, it comes down to the specific way that alimancy and ferrochemy actually work. 
see, there's nothing inherently magical about any of the metals in question. A metal on Roshar, or even from our real-world Earth, would be capable of becoming an Alamancer's fuel, or a metal mind. The specific molecular structure of a metal acts more like a signal. It's an input code, much like an Aeon from Elantris. With Alamancy, the power doesn't come specifically from the metal. The Alamancer burns the metal, and that sends a signal to preservation that says, send power. The burst of investiture then comes from preservation to the person, using the metal as a gateway that has Alamancy written on it. In a similar way, a Farukamist is storing and retrieving attributes from a metal mind by basically telling the metal, alright, time for Farukami, store up my attribute. There's no physical transfer between the person and the metal itself. It's more like there is an invisible uh, credit tally going on that the shard has to keep track of and then send back. So, what a compounder does is first store up a metal mine with their ferrochemical attribute, keying the metal toward Farukami. When they then burn the metal using Alamancy, a signal is sent to preservation to say, send your burst of power through this metal. But, the metal is now a metal mine. It is keyed to return Farukami, not Alamancy. So instead of getting a burst of investiture from preservation that the metal then sends out as end positive Alamancy, you get a burst of investiture from preservation that the metal sends out as end-positive Farukami instead, which you can then store in another metal mind to repeat the process. Miles uses this hack to obtain near-limitless ferrochemical healing, while the Lord Ruler Rashik used Atium to storm ferrochemical youth. We could potentially start seeing more and more of this with the advance of aluminum and nicrosyl Farukami and items like the Bands of Mourning, which is super scary to think about. So... To sum up this monster, where are we going from here? Well, for one, we haven't even tackled the big old can of worms that is hemallergy, but we can cover that later. For now, let's sum it up by looking to the future. The biggest thing, looking forward, is the release of The Lost Metal, book 4 of the Wax and Wayne series. With the amount of information that we learned in Bands of Mourning, from the physical items themselves, to the many powers of the Southern Scadrians, to the identity of the Sovereign, we can probably expect huge revelations about Alamancy, Furukami, and hemallergy in this book. The phrase, Lost Metal itself, might be a reference to Atium, which was lost when Kelsier destroyed the Pits of Hotshin, and when Elan Venture's army burned the last of it at the Battle of Hotshin. So, it could potentially be making a return, or the phrase could return to another god metal entirely, as the mystery known as Trell is also upon us. Beyond that, we'll be looking at Mistborn Era 3, which will be some kind of 1980s techno-thriller style that follows a Mistborn serial killer, and will likely involve everyone's favorite Sovereign back for more. But yeah, beyond that, uh, thank you very much for listening. Uh, thanks to Kevin McLeod for the outro music. If you have any ideas for future topics, send them in to worldhoppersguide at gmail.com. I believe we are up on Spotify now. We have a Twitter account. And uh, I made a Reddit post this past Sunday that really got, I think, some, some good feedback. Uh, and I would love to uh, hear more from you guys uh, of what to do. Because uh, this is definitely a fledgling project. And even getting, like, 20 on regular listeners is crazy humbling and awesome so i would love to continue growing and, and providing useful information to you guys so let me know uh but yeah beyond that thanks for listening oh and uh this part was recorded quite a bit after the uh rest of the episode about a week later it's like friday you're gonna get this in like two days but uh i wanted to say a huge thank you shout out to the folks over at the Sandersonian Institute for Cosmere Studies, a fellow uh, super long named Cosmere podcast. In their last episode, they kind of gave me a shout out. They commented on the Reddit post and sort of uh, 
it, it was very, very gratifying to see folks over there who are making such a great show kind of take notice of this dumb little thing that I do uh, in an empty library. Um, so thank you. If, I sincerely doubt if you are listening to this show, you have somehow not heard of them. But if that's the case, uh, that is crazy. You should fix that. They do a kind of hour, hour and a half long, three very smart Cosmere scholars talk every other Monday night at 8.30 p.m. Mountain Time over at uh, twitch.tv slash innkeeperstable. And on YouTube, you should give them a listen and Patreon and whatever it is, because we're all kind of here in this weird nerd space of uh, maybe not having that many people in real life to talk to you about all this fantasy nonsense. So uh, it's a good thing. Sorry, I'm I'm very kind of flustered. It's been, it's been a weird week. Uh, with the response to the Reddit post and just listenership going up like 10 times. But anyway, uh, Bill, Jordan, Amy, if you're listening, thank you. Uh, you guys are great. Keep, keep doing what you're doing, I guess. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go now. It's, it's been, it's been a long week. So thank you again for listening, folks, and, uh, see you later.